Why don't we turn now to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day. And on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what happened. And finally, John chapter 11, verse 21 through 27. John 11, 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the light. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, on this happy Resurrection Sunday morning, deepen our faith, deepen our trust in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody here who has not yet trusted in you as their Lord and Savior, I pray as Josh prayed in worship that that they would trust in you as their Lord and Savior and be saved. And Lord, for us, your church, who have believed, strengthen our faith. And Lord God, increase the hope in our hearts, increase the assurance of our salvation today as we look at the glorious truth of your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Some of you may have heard about the recent archaeological dig which explored what seems like to be Christ's tomb. What's so wonderful about this exploration that took place recently was that as they were bringing all the scientific equipment down and doing their uh, videos and, and taking all of their pictures and meticulously investigating the site, one of the wonderful things about the entire episode was that as they were examining the inside of Christ's tomb, there was the distinct absence of something. And that, of course, is Christ's body. There was no body in this tomb. 
And, uh, hey, that works for me. It must be it. Because in most tombs, there's a body. But not in the case of Jesus Christ. There's the story of that's told of an African Muslim who became a Christian. And his friends asked, why have you become a Christian? And the former Muslim, who was an older man by that time, answered, well, it's like this. Suppose you were going down the road and suddenly the road forked in two directions and you didn't know which way to go. There at the fork were two men, one dead and one alive. Who would you ask which way to go? I love that story. (laughs) Of course, you would ask the man that was living and not the corpse. And of course, that's speaking to the fact that Muhammad is dead, but Jesus is alive. We're going to look at three points this morning. The first is the resurrection means hope. The resurrection means hope. Secondly, the resurrection means eternal life. And thirdly and finally, the resurrection just is. The resurrection just is. Let's look at the first point. The resurrection means hope. For those of you who are guests, we've just been in the midst of the, a series really looking at and seeing Christ in all of Scripture. In the book of Exodus we're in now. We finished Genesis and we're going into Exodus. And we're just going to enjoy just kind of going right through the Bible and seeing Christ in all of Scripture together. As we do. And so we'd like to just really encourage you. Come join the church. We'd love for you to dig into God's word with us and grow. And if you haven't yet come to faith in Christ. To really believe in him and start following him. We would love to see that happen. And be a part of your journey of following Jesus. But we've been looking at the burning bush. Like we read this morning. And seeing that really what it really points to. What the burning bush really symbolizes. Is the perpetually burning God. He burns. He perpetually burns. He is the self-existent one, always existing in the past, always burning in the present. And the bush symbolizes God's people and that His people are not consumed even as they burn in the midst of the presence of the Lord. They are not consumed by the perpetually burning Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, we see that here in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, the disciples, even though Jesus repeatedly told them that He was going to suffer on the cross and die for their sins, but then on the third day He was going to rise from the dead, they are absolutely marveling and perplexed. It says in some Gospel accounts they doubted when Mary Magdalene came and told them the good news that Christ had risen from the grave. It blew their minds that Jesus rose from the grave even though He told them in fact that He would do so. It was impossible, Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 7, to destroy the power of an indestructible life. That's what it says about Christ, that He has an indestructible Life And in Acts chapter 2, the Word of God says, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on Jesus. But Jesus was in the grave because He suffered and bled and died for the sins of His people. 
but it was impossible for death to hold on to him. Jesus conquered over the grave, and therein lies the hope of God's people. You see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says that if Christ is still in the grave, we really are believing futilely, and we're still dead in our sins, but since Christ, in fact, was raised, our faith is not futile. Our faith is in the one true living, perpetually burning God, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and our sins truly have been forgiven us. Christ took away, as John mentioned this morning, in the welcome, the sting of death. And Christ gives us hope in the midst of all of life's dark contemplations. And as we look at all of the very difficult and very painful things in this fallen world, as we look at the news, we can look and just take perpetual hope in the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. In the latest season of a series of unfortunate events, a story funny story about the Baudelaire orphans. They go to a preparatory school called the Proofrock Preparatory School. And this preparatory school, this story is all about these orphans who end up just having misfortune after misfortune happen in their life, and they keep somehow miraculously escaping out of them, but they keep having these unfortunate events take place. And it's actually very humorous and funny to watch. But in this Proof Rock Preparatory School, there's a motto for this school, and it's a funny motto, and the motto is meant to kind of make you laugh and chuckle at just how morbid the motto of the school that they're going to is. And the motto of this school is called Memento Mori, a Latin phrase meaning, remember, you will die. Remember, you will die. And as you watch the TV series, you can't help but watch it and just think, oh man, that is morbid. And you just kind of chuckle and laugh. But the motto of that humorous school is actually quite true. We must remember that we will die. Memento Mori is actually a true motto, even though in the context of a humorous TV show, it's meant to make us chuckle and laugh. Trying to make us chuckle and laugh is the only thing that the world can do to kind of cheer us up a little bit about the reality and the inevitability of death. The world tries to chuckle at it. The world tries to put it out of their mind. But the good news about Christians and the hope that we have because of the resurrection is that when death laughs at us, as believers in Jesus Christ who's risen from the dead, we can laugh at death back in a staring match with death, unbelievers have to blink first because the inevitability of death brings to an end all of their hope. But for the Christian, the person who trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and that His death on the cross for their sins really did atone for all that they have sinned against the Lord and the resurrection from the dead really assures that they in fact are forgiven. The Christian can stare death in the face, brothers and sisters, and keep staring long at it, and death has to blink first. 
Oh yeah, we can laugh as we look at the inevitability of death, but for, because for Christians, death is not the end. For Christians, death is just the beginning of seeing Christ face to face and enjoying Him forever. In fact, Jesus actually says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet he shall live. Do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. He who believes in Christ never dies. We may fall asleep as the Scriptures talk about death for the Christian, but we never die in the sense of experiencing all that death encompasses for an unbeliever. For an unbeliever, death really means the end, and it also brings upon them the second death, or the eternal judgment in hellfire. But brothers and sisters, the good news for us, and the hope that we have because of Christ, is that for the true Christian, we close our eyes and go to sleep, but we instantly are united together in the presence of Christ, and we await the resurrection on the final day when we will be together with Jesus Christ forever in glorified, resurrected bodies. And that's good news that Christians, when they look at death and when they ponder death, Death has to blink first when a Christian is staring it down. I really want this to give you hope this morning as you are living your Christian life because we live in a very uncertain world, my friends. Over this last story, the the many troubling stories of what wicked and evil men can do, they, like the Bible says, wicked and evil men can kill the body. We have numerous stories from the last year news cycle and it's been so troubling to the world to ponder the fact that there is sort of an evil out there that that defies explanation even by science we're always looking somehow to try to control our own lives but the reality of it is is that in the face of the evils of this world The Bible talks about it very candidly. Do not fear the one who can kill the body. There are those who can kill the body, but for the Christian, nobody can touch your soul. And I I pray, and I've been praying for you in preparation for this Resurrection Sunday message, that you would really look afresh at the reality of your resurrected Lord and Savior, and that you would take comfort this morning, brothers and sisters. You believe in Christ. You will never die. You will live forever with a glorified, resurrected body just as Christ's body was raised from the dead. You also will be raised from the dead on the final day of judgment. And you will enjoy Christ forever in heaven. You will not go to hell. You will go to heaven when you die, believer, because Jesus paid for all your sins on the cross And God the Father said, here, to give you evidence that he in fact did that, and I receive his sacrifice, I will raise him up from the dead. And so, with certainty, you can have hope this morning. Point number two, the resurrection means eternal life. The resurrection means eternal life. (laughs) What's so wonderful about the glorious resurrection of Christ 
from the dead is that, of course, Christ would rise again. How could you possibly think, Satan, that you could somehow extinguish an unquenchable flame? How could you possibly think, demonic realms, that you could possibly keep Jesus Christ down? Of course Christ would rise again because it was impossible for something so small as death to snuff out or quench the unquenchable fire. What's so wonderful to ponder in relation to the finished work of Christ on the cross and His resurrection from the dead is this reality that Michelangelo, the great artist, when he one day turned on one of his fellow artists in a spirit of indignation and he said, why do you keep filling gallery after gallery with endless pictures on the one theme of of Christ in weakness, Christ on the cross, and, and most of all, Christ hanging dead? Why do you concentrate on the passing episode as if it were the last work as if the curtain dropped on him with disaster and defeat. Michelangelo then said that dreadful scene lasted a few hours but to the unending eternity Christ is alive. The stone has been rolled away and he rules and reigns and triumphs. Christ did in fact die on the cross. He did submit Himself to the weakness of human flesh and, and, and suffered Himself even to die a gruesome death, even death on a cross. And we do want to marvel and produce works of art celebrating what Christ did in defeating sin. But one of the glorious things about His cross work is that Christ not only defeated sin, but he defeated death by rising from the dead. Michelangelo is so true that Christ is alive, and so let artists produce work of art that celebrate not just Christ hanging on the cross, but let us also produce art that celebrates the unending eternal reality that Christ is alive and alive forevermore. Oh, brothers and sisters, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. So let yourself be encouraged that there was nothing that could ever keep the unquenchable fire in a tomb. The resurrection is meant to minister hope to you. It's meant to minister life to you. Because God can never die. And because God can never die, you will never die. The good news about the image in Exodus chapter 3 is that The burning bush is a story about God perpetually burning and and being present in the midst of His people. The bush symbolizes the people of Israel. We're all true believers in Christ. And the good news is, is though that unquenchable fire will consume everything in its path, for those that trust in Jesus Christ, you will not be consumed on the day of judgment because Jesus bore the punishment you deserve on the cross. And He cried out, At the very end, it is finished. The work of atonement has been completed. God's wrath over your sins, beloved, has been satisfied forever and no wrath 
remains for you to receive on the other side of death. Christ defeated death. And Christ also has saved you to the uttermost for an eternal joy in heaven. So the resurrection means hope. And the resurrection means eternal life for the Christian. And finally, I just want to marvel at this awesome point. And I just couldn't get over it, so I just had to just include it in here. And then we're just going to worship again. The resurrection of Christ just is. No one can undo it. No one can silence it. No one one can ever stop it from being the case. Christ is risen. The resurrection of Christ turned the disciples' dismay into great joy. I remember in our prayer meeting the other night, individuals were praying and remembering. I remember my brother-in-law, Joel, praying this, that on Saturday, the disciples, after Jesus died, were just dismayed. In fact, in the Gospel account in Mark chapter 16, it says, that actually as Mary Magdalene was running to report the news to the disciples that Jesus had in fact risen from the grave, the disciples were mourning and weeping. They were dismayed. They had lost their Lord. And they thought they were never going to get Him back. How slow they were to believe the word of Christ. And I just think this is awesome. The fact that (laughs) Christ had risen, and his disciples were weeping in the midst of thinking that it was in fact a defeat, and yet the reality of it was is that the victory had already started, and yet they had not known it. And brothers and sisters, I want you all to take heart this morning that in the midst of this weary world filled with depression and discouragement and death, and as you look out in the midst of your life and look back on your past and see all kinds of abuses that individuals have inflicted upon you. And and there's much tears and pain and suffering as you reflect on your past. And there's much tears and suffering that we go through even as we look at our present lives. And even as we look to the days to come, there will be many trials and adversities. But I want to encourage you with this. Nothing can undo the fact that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself is going to return and bring you home safely to glory. And no matter how much this world trumpets and tries to get individuals to doubt that Christ did not, in fact, rise from the dead, the fact still remains. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And nobody can undo it. Nobody can ever snuff it out. Nobody can ever, ever Undo the truth that Christ not only died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures and was buried, but He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And for every believer in Christ in this room, you can have hope in your heart. And you can have assurance that you have in fact received and will receive eternal life when you die, you can stare death in the face and laugh. And death has to blink first. All because of what Christ has done for you. 
And though this world rage against God and rage against what he has accomplished, there is no one or nothing that can undo the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. The tomb is empty. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let that comfort your heart this morning. Worship band, I think we need to have you back now. We need to praise God for being risen from the dead. Can we thank Jesus for how awesome he is as a Savior? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being risen from the grave. Thank you so much for the hope that we have. Thank you for the eternal life that every true believer in this room has. And thank you that the truth about the resurrection, Jesus, it just is. Nobody can undo it. That truth just stands. And it stands on behalf of believers. That we are no longer in our sins. We are united together with Christ. And all of our sins have been forgiven. All of our sins have been atoned for. We truly have been reconciled to you. And now consuming fire. We know that we will stand forever before you in heaven. And we will not ever be consumed by your wrath. Because Jesus... You bore the wrath of God in our place. And we want to thank you for saving us from the punishment we deserve in hell. We want to thank you so much for the power of your indestructible life and that because we're united together with you by faith, oh Lord, we can never die now as well. We've got a lot to rejoice over this morning. And as we sing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Praise I am. Praise the God who saves. The God who perpetually burns. The God who dies for His people, sends His Son to die, and raises His Son up to new life so that His people might live forevermore before Him. We want to thank You so much, God for being such an amazing God. And we want to praise you that you are risen indeed. Church, let us stand and let us worship our resurrection, resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, Christ Community Church, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes. Hallelujah. Have a great day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.